Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. In this program, we study one chapter of Tanakh in each podcast. My name is Yitzchak Yat Shalom. It's my honor to be studying Sefer Divrei Hayamim with you. We are now in Divrei Hayamim Bet Parak Chaf Aleph. We have just concluded the uh, successful and uh, positive reign of Yehoshaphat. And now we're going to read about what happens in the next generation. It will be all included in this relatively short parak of 20 psukim. Yehoshaphat lay with his fathers, which is biblical uh, phrasing for one of the nice, the euphemisms for death. He was buried with his ancestors in Ir David. Now notice, he's buried in Ir David, but Im Avotav uh, contrasts that with what we'll see at the end of our parak. And his son, Yehoram, takes over. Now remember, Yehoshaphat and his father Asa had been loyal to God. However, there was a mention that Yehoshaphat had married into Ahav's family, uh, which was part of the, perhaps, attempted uh, reconciliation, moving towards a reunification of the kingdoms, which never materialized, of course. We'll see how that plays out uh, in a negative way in our parak. V'lo achim b'nei Yehoshaphat, azaryah v'ichiel z'chayel v'azaryahu, so azaryah and azaryahu, u'michael u'shfatyahu. Shfatyahu is a nice name for son of Yehoshaphat. Uh, so these other sons are younger brothers of Yehoram. Notice here Yehoshaphat is called Melech Yisrael, uh, perhaps because the generic name and the name that we would like to see happen would be Melech over all of Yisrael. Perhaps it's alluding also to the fact that he had ties with the north. So he gave all of his sons lots of gifts, silver and gold and sweets, and he gave them each some fortress cities in Yehuda, remember that had been built up by Asah. But he gave the kingdom to Yoram, because Yoram was the eldest. In other words, Yoram did not have an independent merit and was not superior to his brothers in any way, except for being the Bechor. So he took the, took over the kingdom strongly, which means he, he strong-armed his way in. And he, had, and he killed all of his brothers by the sword. And also killed some of the other ministers. Now this reminds us of the very first king we ever heard of in our history, and that is Avimelech in Shechem, in Sefer Shoftim Peraktet, the uh, son of Gidon, who kills 70 of his brothers in order to claim uh, the throne alone. That, of course, does not go very well for him. Ben Shana Yehoram Bimolcho. Now, uh, we hear that he is 32 when he takes over. And he was king for eight years, perhaps eight years more than he deserved, but in any case, eight years. Um, there are, there's a small piece of his story that shows up in Malachim. Um, however, we get uh, much more here. And this may be the missing piece of in what way Yehoshaphat was married into Ahab's family. We hear that uh, that Yehoram's wife was Ahab's daughter, uh, and so that would make Yehoshaphat and uh, and Ahab uh, what we would call mechutanim. Uh, and so he ended up following the ways of Malchai Israel, which would mean out and out Avodah Zarah. 
כי בת אחיו הייתה לו לאישה, ויעש הרע בעיני אדוני, and obviously this is bad in God's eyes. ואובה אדוני להשחית את בית דוד, but God did not want to utterly destroy בית דוד, למען הברית אשר קראת לדוד, because Hashem has a ברית with דוד, that we read about in דבריימים אלף towards the end, and we read about in שמואל בית פרק זין, וחשר אמר לתת לו ניר ולבניו כל הימים, and this takes us now to the famous נבואה, and Malachim Aleph Perak Yud Aleph of Achiyah Shiloni, that uh, even though he's taken the kingdom away from Beit David because of Shlomo's sins, nonetheless he wants to keep a near, which here means evidently a nair, one candle left um, uh, for David and for his sons, and that is the uh, Shevet Yehuda, to keep some sort of power. Okay, so Yehoram should be punished, should be destroyed, should be the end of Beit David, but because of the Brit and because of that promise, he's not going to do it. Piyamav Pasha Edom. And now we find out that Edom, that had been under the rule of Beit David since David's time, remember the story of, of Yoav conquering Edom, um, that uh, in, in uh, Yehoram's days, Edom rebelled which means, first and foremost, they stopped sending tribute. And the second thing is, they made their own king. Up until that time, there had been Nitziv Melech, meaning there had been a garrison, a representative of the Melech Yehuda, ruling in Edom. They ousted him and they put their own king in place, which is an act of rebellion. And so now what happened? So Yehoram came, to Edom with his ministers, this seems to indicate his officers and all of his chariots. Vahikam Laila, it's a very odd pasuk or odd phrase, but it seems to mean, at least the way Josephus reads it, is that at night he uh, he attacked Vayachet Edom and he attacked and smote Edom that was surrounding him, along with all of the generals <coughs> or the uh, the charioteers. Is not accurate either to the very or even to say from Malachim at the end, but it means that Edom for this particular period was still in rebellion and still refused to subjugate itself to uh to to Yehuda, even in spite of this victory. Um and what it does mean, and we've seen this before in Divrayamim, is there were particular texts that were completed in their day and had the phrasing Ad Hayom This is true till this very day that when copied into Malachim and then later copied into Divrayamim were maintained that way, even though they were no longer true. Az Tifshal Livna Ba'etahi and at the same time there was another rebellion from the town of Livna, which if you recall Yehoshua had conquered all the way back in Yehoshua Perak Yod and had been under the rule of Beit David. this the people who lived in Livna rebelled but now in, in Malachim we're just told that they rebelled, here we fi- find out it sounds like the citizens of Livna were true to God and they rebelled against Yehoram because Yehoram had abandoned God and Yehoram set up Bamot, <coughs> and these Bamot seemed not to be Bamot to Hashem, that later on we're going to see eradicated, but rather the Bamot that we heard of, um, that Asa got rid of, which are the Bamot of Avodah Zarah, and we see that from this, Vayezen, and that is a short form of Vayazneh, he caused to go astray, who at Yoshvei Yerushalayim, Vayadach at Yehuda, Yadach from the Loshan of Yonidachat, is that he caused all of them to stray away from Hashem and to do Avodah Zarah.
Okay. We now hear from somebody who may be called the most famous of the Nevi'im uh, in, in Jewish lore, but does, only makes one appearance in Sefer uh Amim, and that is here. So Eliyahu Navi, who lives in the north, operates in the north, and all of his nevot are against the kings of the north, chiefly Achav, um, uh, sends a letter to Yehoram. And the connection here, of course, is tight because Eliyahu's nemesis is Achav, and this is Achav's son-in-law. So the God of your father David, your ancestor David, said, You did not follow your own father's righteous ways, or your grandfather's righteous ways. Rather, you followed the path of Malchai Yisrael, you caused Judah and Yushalayim to stray from God, just like the house of Achav did. And you also killed your brothers, who are your father's household, and they are greater than you, and you killed them. So what's going to happen? God is going to cause a great plague to happen against your army. And against your sons, and against your wives, and all your property. You're going to be plagued. It's a punishment for what you've done. Now, this seems to sit in opposition with the earlier statement in this parak that God is not going to destroy Yoram in spite of his sins. But now that he's gone this far, personally he's going to be destroyed, but the dynasty won't. You're going to have terrible intestinal diseases until your, your kishkas actually come out of you. Your insides come out of you because of the disease. Yamim al yamim. For many days you'll suffer. And, and so that's one piece of it. The second piece is that's the end of the letter. God then inspires against Yoram. He gets the plishtim who had previously, remember in in Yoshafat's time, were bringing him tribute. Now they rebel and they go to war along with the Arvim Asher Yad Kushim, who are evidently from Africa. Remember, we heard about the Kushim going to war against Asa. Now the Arvim who live near them come to war. They come to Yudah and they split it apart. They take all of the property that's in Yehoram's house. They take his sons. They take his wives. All his hostages. The only one left is his youngest son, Yehoahaz. And after all that, then God afflicted him with the intestinal disease that that Eliyahu had prophesied about, and there was no healing for him. So after evidently two years, Indeed, exactly the way Eliyahu said it, and he died with all this terrible pain. And his people did not make the proper funerary uh, uh, ceremony. Uh, it may have been because he died in such a disgusting way that his body was not fit for it, and it could also be that they really disregarded him and disrespected him, and therefore the burning that was done with all of the incense we read about in earlier funerals was not done for him. He died in pain, without any pleasure. They buried him in Ir David, remember what I pointed out at the beginning of the parak, but not in the royal 
catacombs. So it was Ir David in the city, but not Bikivrabotab, not with his ancestors. And in the next parak we'll he we will hear about uh Yehoahaz or Achaziahu who takes over uh for Yehoram and will again follow um uh follow through the uh the kingdom of uh of Beit David uh as we go. In the meantime we should have a wonderful day.